With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show on ESPN. The Nat Coombe Show College Days. Maybe, Ben Isaacs, we should just get rid of the Nat Coombe Show completely for College Days and I should just go in with College Days. What do you think? Well, maybe, but the Nat Coombs brand is incredibly strong. Oh. Uh, in, in college football, in it's all... <laughs> in college football it's all about it's all about brands which is why Texas and Oklahoma are going to join the SEC they are two of the biggest brands the SEC is the biggest brand in terms of conference and Nat Coombs brand that's like the SEC isn't it I love this I love the segue within 25 seconds straight down to business <laughs> that is why you're a pro that is why you are a resident college expert and that's why you are the real front of college days great to see you I know we've been sneaking in a few episodes in the off-season, just to establish the proposition, to tease our listeners. But let's uh, let's frame exactly what we're going to be doing with College Dates this season. So the point of the show, I guess, is primarily twofold, other than to catch up with you and talk a bit of pop culture and uh, sneak in some hip-hop references. Of course, that is a given that's going to happen. But we're going to be looking every week at top talent uh, in the college system that we think is likely to not just be in the draft next year, but high picks in the draft next year, which means NFL players next year. So that's the first part of it. Shining a light on emerging talent in the college system that you can be seeing playing in the NFL most likely next season, but also looking at the big games, the big stories in the college game. So you, if you want to get into the game for the first time, you want to st- get sucked in. And if you haven't been already with Ben Isaacs over the years, uh, pushing and flying that flag, then I, I don't know what's wrong with you. But maybe you haven't. And if the, you think this is the year I want to start watching some college sports, some college football on ESPN, ESPN player. Hey, I'm a company man. Then we are going to tease all the big stories and the big games for you. Right. If I got that just about right. 100%. I mean, we know that there are loads of NFL fans out there who are college curious let's say and they they don't claim to be experts they would like to watch a bit more football they would like to know who those draft prospects are going to be before draft season rolls around and we're going to guide you through all that because college football can be a complicated landscape it's not as straightforward as the nfl there's a lot more a lot more politics there's a lot more shenanigans there are there's a lot more craziness mm. in college football it's a lot more kind of unpredictable so we will guide you through we will get you a, a PhD in college football. Wow, I like it. I like it. I think I uh, Mike Carlson once tried to sell me a uh, an online PhD from the University of Hawaii for twenty nine ninety nine. So is it going to be a bit like that or a little bit more substantial? Um, it's going to be even more substantial. However, I am going to text uh, Carlson right now because I could do with getting a couple of PhDs. I would like to add that to my Twitter bio. <laughs> Doctor Benedict Isaacs. I yeah. like it. I think it rings, sounds sounds and rings true. I like yeah. it. All right, let's get down to business then. So we're talking a bit about the major contenders, right? For for the national championship, of which there are there are four fairly clear cut ones. But then you've got a a sleeper dark horse pick that you think will have 
uh, a, a, certainly a, a big improvement year on year, maybe can, can push themselves into the records. We'll get into the contenders in a bit, but let's start with, as I said a moment ago, some of the players that are going to be major stars in the college game this year and are quite conceivably going to be major stars in the NFL before too long. We've obviously got to start at the quarterback position because typically uh, they are the players that get the most focus each and every year, even in a thin quarterback class, still so offense obsessed that that is the way the cookie crumbles. So there are three players in particular that you want to pick out right off the bat. Let's start with the, the headline act, the main event, Spencer Rattler, because there's a huge amount of focus on him, not least because Oklahoma are going to be one of those aforementioned contenders for the national championship once again. He's their quarterback. He has said in the offseason, Ben, I feel stronger. I feel faster. I'm good to go. I'm ready to go. I'm going to be even better year on year. So paint the picture for us on Spencer Rattler. What kind of player is he? What do you think his NFL ceiling is? Fill us in. Well, he's somewhat limited in terms of arm strength and he's not very big, right? That's the downside. It's but a great start. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But he's very accurate. He can make plays with his legs. I think he's a leader. He's very cocky. Mm. And a lot of people don't like that, but he is mostly mostly backed it up. How cocky are we talking? Are we talking Johnny Johnny Manziel entering the NFL cocky? Does he have a similar kind of annoying hand gesture or we're, we're talking Manziel light? In terms of in terms of cockiness, okay. he doesn't have his he doesn't have his own hand gesture. However, when Oklahoma play Texas this season, he may do the horns down hand mm. sign. So the Texas fans do a hand signal, horns up, and Oklahoma tend to do horns down. And Oklahoma really had Texas's number, so they've been doing it a lot. Right now, is that a major rivalry? That oh, is that, that like, is that is one of the bitterest rivalries in college football and i absolutely love it and as if it couldn't go past it's like it's 10 out of 10 right now when it's in the sec it is going to go up to 11 because the stakes will be that much (laughs) will be that much higher and it's a shame spencer rattler won't get to be in the sec because he he is an sec talent right now he looks the favorite to be the first overall pick houston texans we're looking at you he plays in a very quarterback friendly pro-style system in Oklahoma. I mean, look at the guys who've come through that system in recent years. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, even Jalen Hurts, who finished his college career there. There is an outside chance that in the first week of the 2022 NFL season, four of the 32 starting quarterbacks would have been drafted out of Oklahoma. Wow. That is a possibility. It is he, a quarterback factory, is what you're saying. It, it really is. And almost kind of within, with Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield, they both started at other colleges and came to Oklahoma. So it's a factory come finishing school. Mm. And it's where quarterbacks can go to get polished and get themselves NFL ready. So I really like Spencer Rattler. Oklahoma you know spoiler alert they are going to be one of the favorites this year in part because of him and the fact that they've got such a a settled quarterback he had a pretty good season last year he's young and made mistakes but i think we're going to see a big improvement from him to take that to take that next step where people will look at him as right he's the guy who can be the first overall pick Okay, love that. So he's the first one. Next up, Malik Willis, who's at Liberty, which is obviously a lesser known college in footballing terms anyway. Uh, Ex-Auburn player. So you're talking about rebooting your career and bouncing back elsewhere. He seems to be a player that's done that. Speaking of comparisons, I read uh, a comparison 
with Willis and Jalen Hurts. I saw somebody make that connection. And if you think that is accurate or otherwise, but tell us a bit about Malik Willis. So, yeah, he started, like you say, started at Auburn and it didn't, it didn't work out from there. He went to Liberty and it is a small school. It's a small independent school. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a strange university, to be honest. Liberty are going to be over the next three or four years, a really fascinating team to watch and I mean that in terms of if you are somebody listening to this who's going to be watching college football on a Saturday you're going to be surprised how often over the next couple of years we say right one of the games to watch this year is Liberty versus so-and-so because they are attracting good talent because it will be one of these small places that players know they could transfer there start and put themselves in the in the draft window and this is what Malik Willis did last year he had a fantastic season through for 2260 yards 20 touchdowns six interceptions ran for 14 touchdowns he got nearly a thousand yards rushing himself he is a great running quarterback but his he is again very accurate he's got a pretty strong arm he's not the biggest a bit like Spencer Rattler but he can get himself out of trouble I don't expect him to take many hits he's someone who I think will be a, a top five pick if he carries on if, his, if he progresses in the 2021 season like he did in 2020, he's going to be a top five pick and make someone very, very happy. Well, it's incredible when you, when you put it in, that, in those terms that a less celebrated college in footballing terms, yes, maybe, as you said, one that's on the up, but nevertheless, you assume that it's going to be quarterbacks typically from Oklahoma, from Alabama, from the big names that are going to be getting the most attention from NFL teams. But that isn't the way anymore, right? I mean, and you, of course, there's a precedent here and you can, there are all kinds of examples of quarterbacks that not only have been drafted in the first round that have gone on to uh, to solid uh, or better NFL careers that have been from less celebrated colleges. But it's fascinating to hear that, that we are kicking off this season talking about the major, major quarterback talent that could go top five overall, and number two on your list, and I'm not saying you're necessarily power ranking it, mm. Ben Isaacs, but the second name you throw out the hat is, is playing at Liberty College. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we've we've had we've had players come out of um, the FCS level, so that's that's mm. below. So you know, we've we've seen some we've seen some major players come out of that, but those players were at the likes of North Dakota State that are absolute powerhouses at that level right. it's a bit it's a bit like it's a bit like if you were and you know this isn't a direct comparison but imagine you might look at the french football league and you might feel oh that's a lot weaker than the premier league in england mm. for example but you know if you're playing at psg obviously the standard there is very very high so mm. you play in the fcs at one of those top 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 teams you are surrounded by very good players and very good coaches when you look at a school like Liberty, in theory, a small private college that isn't even in a conference should have no right being able to produce these sort of players and get the sort of results that they were getting last season. But yet you have the right right couple of coaches in, right couple of players, and you can turn some players into something special. I'm not expecting Liberty to kind of, you know, trouble the playoffs, but I can imagine them getting finishing the season ranked in the top 25, which is a massive achievement. Mm. And other players will look at what Malik Willis has done and think, well, I can play there. And Mm. once you've got, once you are able to recruit on that, on that score, then kind of the sky's the limit. So it's, it's great for all those smaller colleges because you will be able to say, well, 
look, if Liberty can put a player in the top five of the NFL draft, then why can't we? And that's a great recruitment pitch. Big time, young yeah, because I guess that's the biggest barrier, right, for the for the real talent. Exactly. Uh, okay, Liberty then, under the radar kind of gang. Old Miss, on the other hand, of course, one of the one of the major players in the college market, in the SEC, on the up, Lane Kiffin, that name might ring a bell with, uh, with some of our listeners, presiding over affairs there as their head coach. That's where he's bounced and ended up these days and it's their quarterback in particular that has got you very excited Ben. Yeah Matt Corral has done so much because of Lane Kiffin. I'm glad you brought him up before I did because it was Lane Kiffin who managed to turn what looked like a player with a decent amount of potential into something that looks like in college terms kind of the the finished product. He completed 71% of his passes last year, 29 touchdowns, 506 yards rushing. He he had some interception trouble last year. So he threw 14 interceptions um, and they would, they tended to be that he would have like a bad game where he would throw a Lose few it. interceptions at once. Jake, Jake Delomit up. Like, exactly. It. Exactly. I thought you were going to say Jake Cutler, but <laughs> they'll take Cutler as well. Jake the, thi- it up. Now, the thing is, is that Ole Miss are a prestigious name. And of course it's where it's where Eli Manning went. So it's not like, uh, it's not like they don't have a tradition of um, bringing out Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, but they they do find it hard in the SEC as a lot of as a lot of relatively big names do in the SEC because there are so many good teams within that. Even if you're all Miss, you're still going to come up against the likes of Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Georgia, etc. So it can be brutal, and you'll play some of those teams. And if you've got a young quarterback, they will have games where they make mistakes. But when he was playing other teams, teams that were not much, much, much more talented than Ole Miss. He would have fantastic games. He's got, he's got a bit of everything. He's perhaps the best all-rounder out of all the, out of all the players I expect to mm. be drafted highly in terms of the quarterback because his arm talent is good. He can run the ball. Who would you compare him to right now? I know it's always uh, a slightly unfair thing to, to, to put you on the spot there. Not necessarily an identical player, but if you were you know, categorizing him, is he a Matt Stafford? Is he, where would you, where would I, you have him, man? Do you know what? He reminds me a little bit of uh, Matt Ryan. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying that he would have, I mean, I know a lot of Falcons players feel that, you know, he's a future Hall of Famer. Spoiler, he isn't. But that sort of, that sort of player, you're like, oh, we can rely on this guy. He will make, he will make good decisions most of the time. Um, he's, he can, he can put the ball in really tight windows. I think he's someone who can be a really, really solid starter. And mm. if he, if he does become that, we've got to give a lot of credit to Lane Kiffin, a, a head coach who has really had his ups and downs, really a lot of ups and downs in the NFL and in college. He's been fired from some big jobs. He has bombed out of some places, but he's also turned some places into, into contenders and destinations. And I think he'll do that with Ole Miss. And I think he'll do that with Matt Corral. I feel that Kiffin is one of those coaches, particularly because he started young, that will go on into his late 70s, early 80s and just have this incredible body of roller coaster work. Yeah, I mean, well, think obviously his um, his dad, Monty, you know, yeah, his, his dad was around forever. So mm. I, I don't see why he can't be around forever. I think that in a couple of hundred years time where... ESPN has our robotic clones <laughs> and it's the robotic clones of nice. you and I, Nat, doing this podcast um, to an audience of 8.5 billion. Nice. It, will, it will be the descendants of the Kiffin family who are, who are coaching. Of course, I love it. Uh, there is no 
present or future, just the past happening over and over again now, I think is what you're saying. <laughs> Drop it a bit. Eugene O'Neill yeah. uh, for all your crazy kids out there. All right. So three quarterbacks. Give us three non-quarterbacks uh, to lead off uh, this season's college days. Three big stars, or certainly reframe that a little bit. Three big names that you think can be big stars mm-hmm. in the NFL. I'll go, I'll go with my most exciting, the guy who I can't, can't wait to watch this year. And that's Justin Ross of Clemson. He missed all of 2020 with an injury and Clemson still, still were pretty good. But in the 2019 season, he was absolutely unstoppable. Caught everything that came near his way. He dominated in the national championship game against Alabama. He, you know, it's not like he single handedly won that game, but Clemson would not have won that national championship without him. Mm. People will kind of look at sort of like, oh, well, Henry Ruggs wasn't wasn't great this year, but I think that Justin Ross is going to be the the receiver this year. He's going to be an outside shot for the Heisman Trophy. And I think he is going to be like a top 10 pick. I'm loving that you're dropping hot takes left, right and center like you're you've just had a Grammy winning album and you're making it rain in the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you're doing it, man. The uh, It's a great point you make uh, about rugs because I think, uh, and a little tangential point I want to get your perspective on, I think that we have said for years and years, look at the transition from college to the pros and receivers, the toughest one. Don't expect too much from your receiver in their rookie year. And then you've had a few significant outliers but even someone like jerry judy who we're talking about on this very show uh, a couple of weeks back and our broncos franchise focus i mean a, a great point that that was made on that show was that Cortland sutton was injured so judy suddenly became the number one guy and the coverage he was getting was altogether different and that was reasonably significant in his overall productivity but there are more often than not receivers that go on to have great careers in the NFL that aren't particularly electric in, in their first year, right? So with Ruggs, do you feel that he, he he more likely than not fits into that bracket? That He's a receiver that's come in and okay, he wasn't as lights out as some of his contemporaries, but nobody pushed the panic button yet. No, definitely not. Definitely not. You, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Henry Ruggs has got all the skills to be a top wide receiver on Sundays. I've, I've still got no doubt about that. And if you are a fan of any team where there were any rookies who you felt disappointed in the last season, please don't lose sight of the fact they did not have a proper training camp. They right. did not have the off season that other players have had. It's they're almost like instead of kind of I'm I'm looking at some of these players as not being veterans next season. I consider them to be like rookie plus Mm. because they did not have the full rookie experience. I think you will see some very different players next year when it comes to those rookies who underachieved compared with their hype going into the season. Justin Ross, you like that. And I'm sure we'll revert back to Clemson when we're looking at our our overall contenders. Uh, Let's get some defensive players. Enough of this offense, Mm. Jabba. Let's talk about some defensive players that have caught your eye. Well, I've got to start with Adam Anderson, who's an edge rusher slash outside linebacker at Georgia. He is fast. He is powerful. He can just throw some players around. Now, he didn't get, he wasn't always put in pass rush situations last season, and he only ended up with six and a half sacks. And if you just look at the six and a half sacks, you'll think, well, why, why would that be? 
Well, it's simply because he wasn't he wasn't sent after the quarterback that often. Whenever he was, he was an absolute menace. He has all the physical skills. He is still learning. He is still growing and he is still getting faster. And he's someone who I've seen I've seen him kind of mocked to the I mean, because yes, I am already reading 2022 mock drafts. Of if course. You're, if you're not if you're not, what have you been spending your summer doing? <laughs> um he is he is someone who I think just dominates a lot of offensive linemen, um, just pancaking guys left, right, and center. He is going to be used a lot more this season. Um, Georgia have got a pretty tough schedule. They're going to play some very good teams with very good offensive lines and very good quarterbacks. And I think Adam Anderson will be the key player for them. It's a great point. It's a great point. You know, Georgia, we know are going to be prolific and and in the mix again, I think. <clears throat> but if you're a player like Adam Anderson and you're in some marquee games and you're having a big performances in those, inevitably, you know, your draft stock is going to go up and up and up. So love watching that as well. Speaking of the those mock boards, watching players just blowing through <laughs> from nowhere, or at least from the lower reaches into, into major contention. Incidentally, as a side note there, um, make a note, please pass it on to Ollie, our producer, because it's that kind of dedication that you bring each and every season, each and every show, mm. frankly, Ben, to your college research. He needs to, Ollie needs to really be thinking about that for Edge Rush. And, you know, I feel that he needs to be getting uh, uh, neck deep into papers and graphs and stats. Uh, we've got an Edge Rush coming up soon. So he's, he's just, just make a, just maybe a WhatsApp, a quick email, just let him know. You know, I think in terms of, in terms of Edge Rush, there is, if, if you're someone who, who likes to play these markets, there is so much value to be had in college football. So there are, there are kind of, you've got to, you've got to scour the schedules and see where these things, where, see these things come up because there's, (laughs) <laughs> there's there's money to be made i'll be honest with you i like your thinking uh now here's a pop quiz for you benedict isaacs my favorite position in the nfl is um i mean i would like to say a quarterback but you're gonna say something in the sector you're gonna say like strong safety or cornerback cornerback there we go attention there we you go know i love course obviously because in terms of where i would most likely excel it's it's going to be corner. We know it's not quarterback. It's going to be it's going to be corner or receiver. And I like that. I like the corners. I like the fact they close stuff down. Still bring the flair with it as well. Uh, and an LSU uh, LSU corner, uh, Derek Stingley, is a player you feel is uh, is the total package, right? Oh, man! You know you, you talk about closing things down. Here is a guy who in his in his freshman season, so his his first full season as a college football player, p- quarterback simply would not throw in his direction. He's, you know, he's pretty much fresh out of high school. Players would not target him because if it's if it if the ball came near him, he was swatting it down or he was picking it off. He was fantastic. Now, I'm obviously not going to make Darrell Revis comparisons because he is one of the goats at that position. But it was that sort of thing where it was like, well, we're not even going to look in that direction because bad things happen. Now, LSU had a very mixed season last year, as as a lot of good teams did, partly, partly because of COVID, partly because they had such an exceptional year the year before where they won the national championship and set all sorts of records and then lost a lot of players to the draft. They didn't have many high points last season, but Derek Stingley was one. And you look at him and you look at the body of work he put together in a somewhat troubled team last year in difficult conditions. And you think... 
what is he going to do this year? And my feeling is he is going to be the shutdown corner in college football next year. And we know that cornerbacks have become a much hotter commodity than they were, say, 15, 20 years ago. Right. Because the way the passing game is developed, it's an arms race. And if you don't have the secondary to be able to compete with the incredible wide receivers and quarterbacks on display, you may as well give up and accept you're going to have a top 10 pick in the draft every year. Yeah. So he is going to go high. He is going to go very high. He is going to go, if he carries on this trajectory, at, at top 10 at worst, he is absolutely stunning. He's the right size. He's got the perfect build. He's six foot one, moves so quickly, moves so smoothly. He's an absolute natural. He's a devastating dream destroyer in the secondary. Love that. What a perfect description. We can't get anywhere close to topping that. So we're going to move on. Brilliant stuff. And we'll, as I said, at the start of the show, each and every college days, we're going to be rolling out different players with Ben's perspective and take comparisons where relevant to, to current NFL, or for that matter, past NFL players, where we think they might go in terms of a draft order, certainly round order and a good landing spots potentially as well. So you will, through the course of the season, be set with this 2022 draft class. Right. Contenders for the big prize, Ben Isaacs, the national championship. Mm. Let's start with the champs because they've obviously got a new quarterback and the offensive coordinator as well. Uh, is it going to be more of the same though for Alabama? Um, I think it is. I think they're going to have to play the same sort of way because it works. Um, obviously, they lost a lot of players in the draft, but this is Alabama. And that means that Alabama gets a reload you know, they say, you know, you don't, you don't rebuild, you reload when you're that, when you're that good. And they mm. are that good. Um, in terms of the quarterback position, I think we're going to see Bryce Young, who's a freshman, and they are going to take a step back. Uh, just everything. Alabama will not be as good as they were last year. And that, if, if you're thinking like, oh, okay, that means they're not going to be so good. No, it just means they might lose a game. <laughs> last year they didn't lose a game and didn't look like they would lose a game at any point mm. when they played really good teams they still won comfortably this year I could see them potentially losing a game not that there's a game I see on the schedule that I think oh they're going to lose that but this they are going to take a step back the defense will take a step back the offense will take a step back the coaching I think will although they've replaced the offensive coordinator um, because he's um, Steve Sarkeesian is now the new head coach of Texas I don't see the coaching take a step back because this is Nick Saban just signed a new contract worth, I think it's $84 million. It's Bill O'Brien that's come in, right? Um, yeah. I mean, they, it's, they, they get these guys who are like, Oh, you're a big name, former head coaches. Mm. That's, those are the sort of, those are the sort of coaches who are attracted to assistant jobs at Alabama. That's how, that's how big it is. They will still be absolutely fantastic. They will still be an absolute juggernaut and it will take something special for them to not make the 14 playoff. Okay. Three other teams you think were, are likely um, the favorites to make the 14 playoff. Let's go to Clemson next, right? Life uh, after Trevor Lawrence, of course. So who steps in for him? Um, right. So here's the thing with Clemson. They have got, they have got a quarterback ready to go who played last season when Trevor Lawrence had COVID and it's DJ Ua. Mm. Right, Ollie, we're going to pick that up. <laughs> right, let me let me say let me say it again so I can get used to this it. Stay, this stays it all. DJ Ui Angalele, DJ Ui Angalele. Amazing thing about that is you nailed it first time. 
I know. First time. DJ Uyangalele. He- how many how many commentators, play-by-play guys, and frankly, any journalist uh, on mic uh, all around the world is, is going with DJ? Oh, there's going to be same with Tua. It's always Tua. It's not yeah. Tua Tungavailoa. And the thing is, is yeah. that when when Tua came into Alabama, I remember because um, he you know, he came in in the national championship game, and the next morning you and I were going to do a show talking about the national championship game, and I thought I cannot say Tua Tungavailoa wrong. And I was very happy with my with my work on it. And I thought, okay, well, if you can do Tua Tungavailoa easy, then everything everything gets easy. But actually, DJ Ua Ungalele is a Nailing bit it, trickier. Nailing it, yeah. So, so either way, a hell of a player. Yeah. So D, DJ Ua Ungalele, because I'm going to keep saying it, is an absolutely fantastic quarterback. Is he Trevor Lawrence? No. But he is a fantastic athlete, and he has Justin Ross as a weapon, as we've already talked about. And... He, Everything else, they you know they've they've lost they've lost some players, same as everyone else has because of the draft. But the core of that team is still there. Bear in mind that a lot of players sat out last season because of COVID rules, in that they were allowed to just sit out and take another year of eligibility. A lot of players are going to return starters from 2019 who sat out 2020. Mm. So these top teams are going to be more experienced than they normally would be in this position. So. This is a team who should, because the ACC is relatively weak at the top, the, you know, the, the teams that traditionally you'd expect to be challenging, like Miami and Florida State, are not quite there yet. And I will mention Florida State later. Clemson have a very clear path to winning the ACC and getting in the college playoff. However, the first, their first game of the season is against Georgia, which is absolutely massive. That's a big one on ESPN player in the first full week of the season. And that could define Clemson and Georgia's seasons. God, that's I cannot wait for that one. Oh, uh, brutal. What a way to start. All right, two more. <laughs> Ohio State, who were, were slammed in, in the national championship, of course, but inevitably that's going to uh, put a, a dampener on what was otherwise a, you know, a really impressive season. Always difficult to, to lose in the big show, whichever sport you're in, right? So how will they rebound from that? How many... Stars have they lost? How much regeneration are they going through? They, a bit like Alabama, they they should be kind of the same in terms of the players' ability that they're going to put out there. But like Alabama, it's the replacing a quarterback who was the real leader there. Um, a guy called Justin Fields, who I'm very slightly excited about as Justin a Chicago Bears. Fields. Did he, was he drafted? Was I he... think somewhere in the top 10. I there wasn't really much talk about him. And in no, fact, no, a little, little, bit, little bit overlooked. Um, mm. So he's going to be replaced by most likely CJ Stroud. And I say most likely because these decisions are going to drag on. There isn't a clear, uh, there isn't a clear successor there, unlike uh unlike Clemson. So I'm still expecting Ohio State to have a fantastic season. The Big Ten is a lot stronger than the ACC, so they haven't got the Clemson situation of like, oh, you can just walk it. But they have so much talent on that roster. They've got such great coaches. And they have got, uh, they've got a great game early on. They've got Oregon, which is another... Well, I'm not expecting Oregon to necessarily pull the upset there, but they could. And that's 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 another one that if Ohio State put a great performance in against Oregon, 
people will put them pretty much at the top of the rankings along with Clemson. And once you're near the top of those rankings, it's harder to fall. So, so other, as it, opposed to the other way around, right? Yeah, but yeah. early hit and then to yeah. force your way back in. Yeah, 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 so you want to make that statement early. So mm. we'll learn a lot about Ohio State in that game against Oregon. Huge amount of pressure, isn't there, early, early doors? Uh, oh, I love it. I think we've covered Oklahoma by talking Rattler and you, you talked about the strength and depth on both sides of the ball. So they're the, the fourth team in the mix. And of course, yeah, we'll I, 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 I just want to say one thing, Oklahoma, out of all these top four, if you put a gun to my head and said, wh- if, which one of these are you most confident will make the playoff? I would say Oklahoma, even though they didn't last year because of Spencer Rattler and they've mm. got the settled quarterback position. Nice. Okay. Uh, and, and, and variably, we'll talk about them uh, a lot more oh, through the course they'll of the come season. Up, yeah. Well, once or twice. Uh, but Florida State is the special mention. You, you gave, you tipped your hand, you mentioned, uh, you referenced them a little bit earlier on. They're the team that you think are going to be year on year, big, big improvers, right? Yeah. Now, I'm, they're, they're not going to trouble the playoff, but bear in mind, there's you know more than 100 teams and only four are going to make the playoff. Florida State, it's not that long ago, they were national champions. They were in the first season that the playoffs uh, started, they were in the playoffs and they've not been back since. They've had a disaster run by their standards they they had a a a record for the most college um college bowl games played in a row that streak ended it's been an absolute disaster they've now got a new coach mike norvell he's he's getting a completely new offense in bear in mind they have a different offense every year nothing is not nothing has ever worked this guy mike norvell i like him a lot He's really improved the defense in terms of they've been getting transfers in, which is, you know, it's a lot easier to make to make transfers in college football now. Mm. They've got um, they've got Mackenzie Milton in as quarterback, who they had as a transfer, and because these are if you if you grew up watching uh, NFL football in the 1990s, then what was going on behind the scenes was that FSU and Miami were supplying so many so many players in in your favorite teams they were they were the factories at the time and they've both fallen way way back but are on the way back now and i think florida state because, why has that happened ben well it's it's been partly coaching it's been partly um things like um things like Cle- so in the acc in particular dabo sweeney turning clemson into a juggernaut and as as dabo sweeney found his feet all of a sudden Florida State and Miami were not able to recruit as well in their normal areas because mm-hmm. Clemson were taking those players. So recruitment is such a massive, massive thing. And Florida State and Miami, their recruitment used to be absolutely unreal. And Clemson has absolutely battered that. Now, during the course of this season, we will talk a lot more about, about recruitment and the, and the ins and outs because recruitment has become far less regional and much more national. So the likes of Alabama nowadays get lots of top players from California and players from California did not go to Alabama in the old days. That just didn't happen. And right now, Florida State and Miami are not doing well enough in terms of keeping players from Florida within that state. Mm. A lot of those players are going to the likes of Texas A&M. They're going to Oklahoma. They're going to Alabama. They're going to Clemson. And now it's starting to improve. And because they're big names, because Florida State and Miami are big names, if you start to do well and you start to recruit top players, it will all happen very, very quickly. Whereas if you're a much smaller or less known university, 
you when you bring when you bring potential players onto campus to see things they don't see pictures of you know the likes of Deion Sanders up and they don't see Heisman Trophy winner statues and those sorts of things and Florida State and Miami have those advantages and I think this is where Florida State will start to come back Miami started to come back a couple of seasons ago but haven't haven't reached anywhere near their ceiling and I think it's comeback time and I think we're going to get a kind of nice sort of 90s throwback vibe from Florida State sooner rather than later so keep an eye on them Loving that. And I'm uh, a nice way to end this episode because it automatically paints the picture in my head of Ben Isaacs with uh, 90s throwback attire, which I expect oh, uh, to see you wearing throughout the course of the season as Florida State Royal. The the greatest decade for clothes and music. I don't want to hear any dissent from any listeners on that. I mean, early to mid 90s hip hop is where music peaked. I'm not quite sure why, as a society, we've continued to make music when we know we can't match that. <laughs> but for some, for some reason, for some reason, we have. And okay, good luck with that. But I think we have to accept that things were simply better back then. And if you're Florida State, things were certainly better back then because you barely lost the game. Controversial, hot take for a Ben Isaac step. Wrap the show. What do you think, listeners? At the NC show, did did music peak? in the mid 90s that's what that's what ben contends at the nc show facebook instagram twitter which incidentally is where you're going to find video from this show and indeed uh, all the shows we make uh, under the banner all through the season uh, so make sure you give us a follow uh, their bonus stuff gets rolled out as well and saluting marley tom andy and the crew over on our social channels furiously keeping them rolling each and every day ben a pleasure as always i'm looking forward to getting this rolling yeah i cannot wait i mean it is august which means the season starts this month well espn player we've dropped that a few times because we are company men check that out espn bt as well on your linear tv screens if you're listening over in the uk that is where you get your college fix we will be back very very soon with more college days see you later bud Follow Baseball Nuts. Join us on the Johnny and Josh Show with my baseball brothers, where JC will endeavor to offer some insightful analysis. And my friend Eric Jansen will offer quirky baseball trivia. But we also have David Langell, who will combine a high level of inappropriateness with a low level of analysis. The Johnny and Josh Show, available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. Podcast Network.